What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 65, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J-Mac, a.k.a. Founder Numero Uno, and I am joined by my co-host, live in studio, Mr. Popfly himself, Founder Numero Dos, Ben. We do not have an opium podcast. Baseball. Ben, what's going on, man? Oh, that's great. Just, um, you know, trying to think about what the future of marketing looks like for the outfielder. And, no, uh, no opium here. <laughs> that would be one heck of a pivot, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it, though? Hey, do you hear that report coming through on the radio about a hot LZ outside the Mekong Delta? What's going on out there? Ladies and gentlemen, now batting cleanup for the Outfielder Podcast, number three, the great... Sam Bino. Good evening, Sam. Hello, how are y'all? Excellent, man. How are you doing? It's I'm doing really well. It sounds like maybe Ben has been watching uh, Ken Burns presents the Vietnam War. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but truth be told, if you pick a day of the week, I'm probably re-watching a Ken Burns documentary. It doesn't matter which one. If it's on Netflix, if it's on Prime, like I, I'm not going to go out on the limb and say I've seen them all, but I've seen way more Ken Burns than the normal 31-year-old should have watched. Good for you. Yeah, I just watched the Mayo Clinic one, speaking of baseball. Ben, one thing that's always impressed me about you is your ability to watch a documentary or just anything, really, like 10 minutes at a time. Yes. It's really well, impressive. He like watches like little bits and pieces of a documentary throughout like whenever he can, whenever he has a free minute. That's incredible. Yeah. Well... A lot of it is just pure necessity because after my wife and I put the kids to bed, we'll you know watch something and, and decompress for the day. And so after she falls asleep, I'll put on whatever documentary she's less interested in. Which makes sense. So, yeah, he's but you've always done that with like everything. It's impressive, though. Thank you. Lots going on in baseball. Matt Kemp's a free agent. Gross. <laughs> he had a really good old man year last year. I think he like was a surprise 20 home run guy. Like he ate a bunch of prunes. Like what? What do you mean by that sentence? That he's he was not <laughs> expected to be good, but was indeed good and happened to be old. Well, just so happened to finally, for once, stay healthy. I think is kind of what what the issue was. But he doesn't he have like a massive contract? I'm pretty sure he does. So I'm looking through it right now. It looks like his current current salary is like twenty one and a half million. Oh, that was 2016. Let's see. I bet you it's still around that though. Yeah, just to run down the list, he joined the majors in 2006, played eight or nine years for the Dodgers, little stint with the Padres, Atlanta, the Dodgers again, and then 2019 was with the Reds. I mean, he's got a, as a career, 21 wins over replacement guy. I mean, that's not, considering how much he's been hurt, that seems not terrible, really. No, when he's playing, um, he's generally pretty good. But that seems to not be the case right this second. There were times, hold on, I'm looking back at this now too, Ben, because there were times where, yeah, okay, so he played like in 2016, he played he played 156 games. He's pretty consistently actually played like most games of the year, which surprises me because I feel like there's only one season here, 2013, where he played 73 games. So I feel like that's not bad. I feel like he was way hurt, more hurt than that. That doesn't feel right, does it? Did he miss entire seasons? No. Or it's just like not giving data? I don't think so. It doesn't look like it. I don't see any full seasons out. Well, hold on real quick. Where do you think he may end up? Well, so that's going to be the the contract 
thing is going to end up like be where that comes into play, I think. Or somebody's going to take on that money. I guess with him being released, how does that work from a contract standpoint? Well, they still have to pay him. Right. And so then somebody else picks him up? Unless somebody else picks him up and then there are like stipulations to it, I'm sure. It depends on what the Got deal it. looks like. Okay, so there still is potential for, you know, like an unexpectedly better than we expected team like Tampa to make a play for someone like that, but but not necessarily get them on the cheap. Like they could be on the hook for whatever. This isn't like a free pass. I mean, Tampa's the best team in baseball right now, and they've got a hell of an outfield crew. So I don't really know if they would even need them, really and truly. Yeah, I don't see him going to Tampa just because even with whatever contract stipulations is going to be expensive. And I think you're right. They probably don't need him in the outfield. But, I mean, raise aside, I think of any other team that could use some sort of improvement at the outfield. Um, and if he costs a lot of money, he's pretty, pretty high risk, right? Yes. Probably not going to get picked up for a while. He's a free agent next year anyway. So, I mean, they must have just ate the 21 21- Point seven five million per year and just moved on. Here's a hot, hot take. Um, the Miami Marlins are going to pick him up because Derek Jeter's catching so much shit right now. Hmm. Interesting. They've been shedding payroll and talent. They need somebody there who has played baseball at the major league level before. <laughs> um, maybe over 100 games in a season. And uh, they're going to pick him up. You heard it here first. Okay. So to factor in a little bit more of what's going on in Miami, they never officially made the rule change that was pitched around if you have more than two terrible, terrible seasons in a row, like you're going to start losing draft picks or whatever. That was just spitballed. Correct. I just don't know if that was because then I could really see Jeter getting a lot of grief for it. Yeah. You know, the way those rule change introductions to the committee happen they usually introduce a bunch of stuff knowing that it's going to not pass, but they're getting people used to the idea of it so that in future years it will be accepted. Um, you think about like the pitch clock, how long has that been on the, on the docket for that committee to accept? And now it's finally a thing. Yeah. Um, I could totally see that maybe being the introductory, like the coming out party for that, for that rule change. And then they, you know, follow through in previous or uh, future years. That definitely it's like sense. how you'll pitch going to Chipotle three days in a row, but your spouse will never be on board, but you're just kind of seasoning in the idea. Feels Season. personal. Is there a story behind this? Yeah. No, I'm just hypothetical. You do love Chipotle. That's why I ask. The only large-scale burrito place that I don't enjoy is Quidoba hmm. because that's like, at best, mid-tier airport food. I'm, I disagree, but I digress. I've never been there, I don't think. You're not it's missing much. Perfectly adequate burrito. You're not say, missing anything. You're not really gaining much. It is edible, and it is fine. Where is where is your preferred burrito place, J-Mac? I like Chipotle as well. I'm not the biggest Mexican food person, so that's kind of makes it a little bit hard for me. It's what just, the fuck? I just... I'm not in love with it like you guys, like everybody else in the world is. I just, I'm not, just never have been. And I didn't eat it a lot growing up, so I think that's a big part of it. But even so, I just never really, it's not that I don't like it. I just don't like die for it. Backpedal, continue. No, I, that's just how I feel about it. Like, mm. like Claire will Sounds eat like- it. Claire would eat it every single meal, period, if she could. And she's always asking me to go. It's like one in 
one in ten, probably more like one in six or eight that I'll go. Like it's not that big of a deal to me. I enjoy Mexican food. I just don't crave it. Okay, can we dive into this a little bit, or is this a big waste of time? Well, it, it sounds like Justin is right in the test market for people who would tolerate Quidoba. <laughs> Seems like it. Tell, tell me more. Or what, what's your what's your inquiry here? Let's get someone with lackluster burrito opinions. Yeah, is- I really want to know your. I want to start with what is your most favorite component of Mexican food and your least favorite component? Because if we could just break down what Mexican food is. It's really the same ingredients and just they're formatted differently. Correct. So I want yes. to know what's the good part and the bad part. So if, if there's a spectrum, there's a spectrum. But there's a spectrum, but like I'm not saying that all like me- there's a bunch of bad Mexican food. If I look at bad Mexican food, I look at like Taco Bell. That's bad Mexican. Shut food. up. Just stop talking. <laughs> it's you it's need true. to walk that hot take back. It's true. It's absolutely true. I would likely. I would likely be dead if it weren't for all the Taco Bell I've eaten in my life. I could make the argument that you're going to die sooner because of all the Taco Bell you've eaten in your life. Well, we are looking for sponsors. None (laughs) of this is paid content, but it certainly could be. Check us out, theoutfielder at gmail. No, whatever our email address is, at theoutfielder.com. You know what? Now, all of a sudden, I really like Qdoba. All right. (laughs) He's he's, He's going to the deep end. I love it. Um, no, so my to answer your question though, carne asada is one probably one of my favorite like Mexican dishes because I love the tender meat that usually comes along with it. Ben, you wouldn't know about this. Um, and if you like, I said if you had to measure the bottom, it would probably be like Taco Bell quality meat. Now I'm not saying it's not tasty and it's not great drunk food or whatever, but like, I mean, you won't find me there. I'll tell you that much. Whatever. What do you mean, whatever? This segment was a colossal waste of time. Hey, next, <laughs> you guys wanted to dive into it. Hey, uh, we were talking about the Rays a little bit ago. I I tagged this and uh, just like things to talk about, just because I thought this was interesting. Barry Bonds had a 22 year career, right? Yes, allegedly. This is the 22nd season of the Tampa Bay Rays franchise. They still haven't passed him as a franchise in intentional walks. Ooh. Wow, isn't that wild? How many did he get? He had 668. The Rays are lagging behind it, 598. You'd think he would have been in better shape if he was walking so much. (laughs) Wow. There it is. There you go. Ben is back. Good. And I'm back on the podcast. Let's go. Oh man, what else have you guys seen going on? Uh, Otani is back today. Yeah. I saw that. So what's the story there? Has Is they going to slow play it or what? No, probably not. No, no, he's been cleared to play every day for the rest of the year. Jesus fucking Christ. They have him DHing right now in the three spot. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully he'll start hitting massive dongs again. But I, I'm not on board with that. Like, seriously, if he, if he is, you know, questionable to throw the ball, I've got to think that those same parts are going to be affected when he hits the ball. Right. It's a high-impact motion. Right, I think I inside two months he's on the D, uh, the uh, the injured list. So. I think Mike Sosha is the puppet master here, and he's still just like doing whatever it takes to get that guy in the field. He's working the strings in the background. Yes. See the visual. Did you all happen to see the um, 
the bees taking over the ballpark in Cincinnati. The clips of that. <laughs> yes. That happens like once a year, I swear. Like, at what point do you realize maybe we shouldn't have built this stadium on a freaking bee sanctuary? Yeah, that's rough. That's definitely rough. They have this problem in Detroit, I feel like, a lot. it's It seems to be like the upper... Like I've seen it in Cleveland as well, where and they're not like the you know exclusive ones or whatever, but it's just crazy that it tends to happen in those places around this time of year every year. There was a really good clip of um, Derek Dietrich coming out in like an exterminator suit and spraying what appeared to be poison, but was likely water all over the place. And I don't know if I just misread the GIF set, but it also looked like at a certain point he was spraying the umpires. I don't think he was, but that would have been pretty great. Yeah, I love a good hijinks on the field when allowed. Indeed. It seems like they're pretty few and far between, but you got to let the kids have fun. It's very true. I feel like you don't... See, I guess you probably see that more in like the minors and stuff. I guess yeah, it's a real spectacle. I guess you do get into the whole thing with the like national anthem standoff from time to time, which is pretty good. What? You what know, are you talking about? Where yeah. the guy stands through the national anthem at full attention and then just stands afterwards and two players compete to see who, who stands there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel like those hijinks don't happen too, too much these days. I, I feel like I see them. Um, I feel like that the national anthem standoff thing became a thing – like with the Cubs maybe in 2016 or something like that, like very early on, something like that. Yeah, when they were really trying like almost too hard to have fun. Yeah. I think that was the year that they brought in all the baby bears to take pictures with the players. And like it's a picture of the Chicago Cubs with actual bear cubs. Oh, God. My God, remember the uh, whenever they introduced the mascot for the Cubs and the people kept drawing a dick on him? <laughs> by people i'm sure you mean J Mac founder on no, twitter i fa- i actually blogged about this a long time ago it's on the site somewhere but yeah they kept just drawing a little penis on him every single time and it just you can't unsee it once you've seen it it's sheer greatness so let's uh let's go here to uh a new story that i saw and definitely thought of J Mac and this was published today it's an opinion piece from the USA Today, and I quote, opinion, Tim Tebow is a pretty good football player for a baseball prospect. J-Mech, thoughts? You know I hate Tim Tebow, first of all. I just think it's kind of a joke that he gets to play just because of his name. It just seems like a very Mets thing to do. So that's my general opinion on him. I think that's probably pretty close to accurate. But he's not. He wasn't a good football player either, so I, don't, I mean... There's a reason he didn't get signed to an NFL team. Yeah, it's an incredibly Mets move, but I think, to his credit, I think he's hitting for average and for power in, like, high A or whatever. Okay. But he's not, he's not going to be a major league guy. It's just to sell tickets and, like, for him to, like, I don't know, really enjoy himself. Well, I mean, what do you feel they've probably made just in merchandising on Mets Tebow jerseys? A lot. Yeah. And that's all how it comes many, down to. How many does Jimmy have? Out of Tebow? Yep. Uh, I, I hope at least two. I think realistically it's zero. I was hoping for six. The high number. You know he lives in a small apartment in New York, right? <laughs> I thought every apartment in New York was small, Sam. 
Oh boy, I don't know if that's true. I think you got you there. Did you guys hear about what? Did you hear about Pablo Sandoval? God damn it! Yes. (laughs) Tell Tell me more. No, what happened? Pablo Sandoval in one game hit a home run. He stole a base and pitched a perfect inning. What? Yeah, they were getting blown out. Um, and he he ended up pitching position player pitching. He hit the first batter, um, got a pop up, and then and then hit into a double play. Uh, so perfect inning pitched. And previously in the game, he had hit a home run, and then due to some like really god awful um, defense, he was able to steal a base. So all all of that in the same game. First time it's happened since '64. A guy named Mudcat did it. Great. Old-timey baseball name. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's a great baseball name. I saw another great baseball name on active rosters. There's a guy on the Toronto Blue Jays named Roddy Rowdy. Sorry, Rowdy Telez. Yes. That's good. Ooh, that's an A-plus baseball name. Yeah, Rowdy's an incredible first name. That's the dog from Scrubs. <laughs> yep, sure is. Great show. Um, so JD Martinez has hit his 200th career home run. That feels low. Just after Rizzo, Rizzo did it yesterday or the day before. Was that in that game where they blew out like the Diamondbacks like 13 to one or something like that? Something like oh, that was Sunday Night Baseball. Yeah, some. It, I feel like I feel like JD did not ever reach his full potential whenever he played for the for the Tigers. I don't know. It never felt that way. It never felt like he was an A-plus baseball player. I remember distinctly him being like out on waivers in our league like through a lot of his time in Detroit. Yeah, because Detroit was garbage, and he was okay. Um, and then he had like a really good season, and then like another really good season. Then it was like, oh, it's the best hitter in baseball. Yeah, he just kind of figured it out. Because I remember even being... Whenever the Red Sox were trying to trade for him or sign for him or what or sign him or whatever was going to happen that year, I just remember thinking like, are we really going after the right guy here? Is this this doesn't seem like it just had like one of those like DJ LeMay who feels where it's like for whatever reason he just it doesn't translate to like results. So like truncated names I hear. That's what I hear. JD. Yeah. No. Not working out. DJ also not working out. DJ LeMay Hugh. You don't like the ethnic names, that's what I hear. Yeah. JD also from Scrubs. Oh, Ooh, let's see how many times we can make this happen, please. <laughs> um another another good headline. Y'all see uh Keichel quoted as saying, I'm not looking to sit out this whole year. What are your thoughts on Keichel rumors? I think that he's probably not looking to sit out all year, but I don't know if teams are gonna feel the same way. It just spoiler it, alert, he's my piece of shit for the day. Oh, oh. okay, well, we'll get there in a minute. Well, let's not go there yet then. <laughs> but I, I just I mean we talked about this last episode a little bit where it's gonna be a situation where once we pass the time where they have to give anything up, then he's gonna end up getting signed. So I think that's what'll end up happening there too. It's entirely possible. I have I have many thoughts on this. Let me see if there's any other good headlines we oh, need to make. One sure. other thing I noted. Yeah. Yeah, is the other day Kyle Hendricks pitched a complete game shutout, but he only struck out three. So it was one of those, and everybody 
our normal listeners by now know how Sam and I feel about pitching to contact specifically as opposed to striking people out properly. So it just seemed like a kind of a, a weak, complete game shutout. I don't know. It's still a, uh, it's still an accomplishment. It's it tough is. to do that and to get that much contact and that little swing and miss. For sure. That's uh, tough. I'd say it's harder, even harder to get a complete game shutout with few strikeouts, right? Yeah, I could definitely see that. I think it's like there's a lot more room for error. No pun intended, actually. But yeah, for I real. Mean, he could have a great defense behind him, too. Correct. So y'all mentioned a minute ago hit by pitch. Uh, the other stat that I saw is it, I guess it was one of those on this day in history things this past week where, um, you know, our very own Doc Ellis hit the first three batters, intentionally beamed them and then was ejected from a game just because he was trying to send a message. And if that's not 70s baseball, I don't know what is. What yeah, were they even counting back then? I mean, did they give actual championships in the 70s, or did they just say, like, yeah, go play, and it doesn't matter? Because that's certainly how some of these things come off. True. But even so, that's such a hard-ass thing to do. I mean, this is the same guy that pitched a complete game shutout on LSD. And everyone's uniform was sky blue for some reason. Yeah. I bet that plate was hard to center, that's for sure. So I these think. are the stories about that guy we know about. Right. 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 I want to know what we don't know. There's Agreed. I feel like we should do some digging into this. I'll get the interns on it. We'll get some shovels and see what we can't find. Uh, yeah, you are all about digging those holes. I was listening back to the World Series watch party the other day, and I was I was losing it, man. Like, what was the quote, Justin? We were all just giving you so much shit about digging all these holes in your in your backyard because you were trying to put in your septic tank. And so we're going on and on. And and I accused you of pooping in the holes and covering them up. And and I said that you had some sort of elaborate tunneling system. And Brandon just chimed chimes in, just goes, you know, like the Viet Cong. And then Sam just goes, of poop. <laughs> I was losing it. That's all strikingly more accurate than I'd care to admit. Also, on a baseball show. Nothing to do with baseball. I was going to say, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. Yes. Yes, indeed. I texted you both a picture of the cub, by the way, without the pants on. It's greatness. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Of course you would. Yeah. I blurred it out, at least. Uh, All right. Let's do the POS corner. This is Paul Ramham from WBAT in Cincinnati. We interrupt this regular scheduled programming to bring you this breaking news bulletin. It appears that people have been called pieces of shit from around the globe. Baseball players in particular seem to be the main target. However, no person, concept, or universe is exempt from this cruel but very usual punishment. The perpetrator has been identified as the great Sam Bino. Police have confirmed that he is still at large and about to take his piece of shit corner. Ding, ding, ding. Huge piece of shit. Hello. This is the piece of shit corner. So uh, I already said this, but Dallas Keuchel is a piece of shit right this second. Does anyone know why Dallas Keuchel is a piece of shit right now? Uh, To quote the Backstreet Boys, tell me why. Oh, okay. Well, he is, he's being a little bit arrogant right now. So he's, he's telling the media that um, he's turned down numerous deals and he's turning them down on principle 
alone. And he has Scott Boris, his agent, urging him to accept one of the deals. Um, so he's being a real, like, old boy about it. It's not great. Not a great look. Um, he's also, he doesn't command the money that he's asking for. He had like a 4-7, ERA last year. Um, he'll consume some innings, but he's not, he's not going to get what he wants. And he's like, he's going to die on this hill, it sounds like, until, until the draft on June 3rd passes. I just, like, is this one of those things where, like, Scott Boris is telling him to sign and he's not signing? That's yes. so crazy, dude, because he's... Scott Boris is all about getting every single dime out of teams that he can. Rightfully so, but I just I can't. Yeah, I agree with you, man. That's insane. I hadn't heard that part of it. Yes, this is this is new information okay. recently. But, um, you know, also a piece of shit of, of episodes past is Scott Boris, who was basically saying, like, don't sign with anyone over the winter. We'll get you the right deal before opening day. And, oh, the you know, opening days come and gone. Come train at my center. You'll do some simulated games. And now he's like, uh, oh, shit. Um, you should probably just take one of these deals, dude. I did, I did not do my job very well. I misread the market drastically. Yeah, that's what it feels like here. So Dallas Keuchel needs to fucking get with the program, bite the bullet, and go play for Pittsburgh. Or whatever. But especially <laughs> when you just got... <laughs> wow. Uh, especially when you just got Bryce Harper paid like you did. Yeah. Like, that makes it look worse, right? Well, he's just, you know, he's, he's, he was a Cy Young award winner. Um, I guess he technically still is the award winner for that year, but you know, he's not that good. He's, he's adequate. He will be fine, but he's, he's not like an ace. Right. I mean, he's kind of commanding like one year or asking for one year ace money. It's It's not a bad play because then you're not strapped to him. And he's at least like he said, gets to play this year. Man, as as someone who's made a ton of decisions on principle alone, like that's some that's some potentially rough ground. I'm sure he's not hurting financially, but you got to think that for your long term value, you don't want to miss half the season, and you also don't want to be a guy who's going to cause trouble for the front office. And, and it sounds like not a good administrative look. Yeah, he's building his brand in both those places. In a negative balance, I would argue. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that starts to be really poisonous really quickly. So what, I mean, maybe it's not so surprising that teams have kind of been like, eh, we're good. I mean, well, that's where I'm wondering how much of what he's doing is just like uh, bolstering or flexing. Like, did he really get multiple deals that he's turned down? Is he just, you know, making crap up? I feel like that'd be really, really dangerous water to le- to wade into as well, right? So is a former Cy Young winner four years after his Cy Young not playing baseball. <laughs> Good point. I got to think in, in some sort of weird way that he could potentially accept an offer for a team, from a team and then like resent that team because he doesn't actually want to be there and just like really not do well. That'd be bad. Can't wait for the Red Sox to sign him then. <laughs> anyway, Dallas Keuchel, go fuck yourself. Just pick a team. I like it. I like it. All right, Ben, you're up next then. Uh, mine's a two-parter. Uh, first up, I would like to name... Actually, let me set the scene a little bit. May 3rd, 2018. <laughs> it was a Tuesday. <laughs> 8.23 p.m. 
we edited and put together episode 15 of the Outfielder podcast. Now let's go to modern times. Week and a half ago, Vlad Guerrero Jr., huge piece of shit. So here's the thing. I'm not angry at Vlad Jr. I think he's doing his best. I think he was incredibly hyped. I think he was potentially overhyped. But if I'm Toronto, I still am feeling pretty confident in my ace prospect. That being said, since he started in the majors two weeks ago, at 33 at-bats, he's had five hits. Yes. He of 243, slugging percentage 182, OPS of 425, which is why he's the first part of my POS. Second part. Let's go back to May 3rd, 2018. What's significant about that episode of the Outfielder podcast? Why, it's when our very own great Sam Bino joined. Sam, you're my runner-up to Vlad. Oh, piece of shit. And here's what it comes down to, Sam. I would have never been so thrilled to see Vlad, but since at least May 3rd, 2018, every other word out of your stupid Atlantic mouth is Vlad this and Vlad that. It's so true. So true. <laughs> so true. He had news alerts set up to where he was alerted whenever anything news-wise at all was written about him. Yes. So, I think Sam signed Vlad Jr. to his fantasy team like in August of 2017. Actually, not true, but <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. It was September of last year. Yep. I, I know we have a soft rule of not naming hosts in the POS corner, but this one was too too hard to pass up. Yes, this is, this is a good call out. I fully admit that you're 100% correct. And, you know, I was actually pretty close to calling out Vlad as a piece of shit here until I read that Keuchel news. Yeah. Uh, so cheers to you, Ben. Good call out. Some of a piece of shit and some of Vlad. That is far worse. I mean, it, it, are they going to send it back down? I mean, they're... No. No? No. He's up. There's, they have no reason to send him back down. But... A shitty team. He'll get his reps in. It's like a, a, a microcosm similar to, like, Chris Davis. Well, I guess, too, yeah, if you're going to... If he's going to be facing batters, or excuse me, if he's going to be facing pitchers, he might as well be doing it in the majors, not AAA. You would yes, he crushes at all levels in the minor leagues. It would do him no, no good. Yeah, I, I, it's you just don't want to wreck his confidence in the majors, though. It would be my only thing. He seems pretty unflappable. I'm going to stop talking about Vlad since that's a no-no around here. <laughs> We're not complaining. Hey, first of all, I said nothing. Second of all. <laughs> yeah, all content is good content. I'm just, I had not been. So here's the thing. I was excited. I went to a Rangers-Toronto game this past weekend and watched Vlad take every at-bat, and I swear he went 0 for 4. I don't doubt it. And normally I'd be like, oh, that guy's having a rough day. Huh, his name sounds familiar. Hmm, I'm just going to move on with my life. But no, I went there bragging to my six and four year old daughters that, hey, this man right here that's about to play baseball on the field, when I was your age, his dad was playing on this very field. And they looked at me like, can we have cotton candy? So, you know, they don't care. Oh boy. He hasn't gotten a hit since Saturday. Yikes. That's what I'm saying. You just don't want that to grind on him, though. I just 
I've seen that happen so much. I mean, he's 20 and he has 30 something at bats. It's like, give him a break. Let's get him 100 at bats, see how it goes. All I'm saying is that if it doesn't, if it continues on that pace or whatever, you don't want to wreck him like that. Uh, to your exact point, he's 20. There's all the time in the world. That team stinks. So, like, what's the difference? I get what you're saying about the major league at bats, but you don't want to fucking fry the kid either. Fair point. Would, would be my only concern, but we'll see what happens. It's I think it's going to be an interesting test case because of where that team is right now. Because they're not exactly, like, just putrid, but they're just not great. I mean, they're 15 and 20, so not great. So, Justin, tell us who's on your list. Okay, so we actually already talked about mine a little bit, and this is probably pretty obvious, but uh, the Angels are the piece of shit of the week for me. And it's simply because of this Otani thing. I can't believe that they're just refusing to slow play this thing. And I don't... I mean, to all the points we made earlier, to be honest with you, it's it's a situation where I, I don't know why you risk the injury. Why don't you just take your time with it? Like, Especially with this, this Angels team, because... It's hot garbage. Like that team's a mess, as usual. Yeah. They're to really bad. Add, to add context, the Angels are currently fifteen and nineteen. They're in fourth place in the West. They're five and a half back right now. Still plenty of time in the season, but not looking super great. The run differential is minus sixteen. <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> not great at all. So that is the POS corner. Good stuff. Ben, did we have a sponsor? I forgot to ask you. No? All right. That's fine. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube. (laughs) Today's sponsor was any burrito not from Quidoba. Isn't that the damn truth? God, I can't believe you guys were all over the Mexican food take so so big. It's really not that big of a deal. You're the one with the takes. We're normal-ass people. I just said I don't care for it as much as everybody else. I don't know what the problem with that that is. It makes you abnormal. I eat Chinese food the same way you guys eat Mexican food. Who cares? I love Chinese food. What does that mean? I'm saying, like, that's my, like, oh, my God, I'll eat that for every single fucking meal. Food. I like Chinese food better than Mexican food. It's just a take. Okay. Yeah, but I'm going to need you to blog about that because that's that's a rough take there, J-Mac. Fuck you. That's not a bad take at all. Whatever. Whatever. Uh, let's talk about what's going on around baseball. Let's not get on this burrito thing again. That would be the second tangent we've gotten onto about it. That take sounded like a tweet from Smash Mouth. That was bad. You don't cricket that. That was truth. You don't cricket the truth. No, that was a really bad Things could sound like horse shit. Do what? No? All right. Let's see what's going on around the diamond. Let's. Uh, Tampa Bay is the best team in baseball. What is happening? Don't know. Sam, you want to talk about this a little bit? Uh, Their pitching is still really good, and they're scoring even more runs than they were last time we talked about them. Um, They're good, man. They're just good. There's no holes in that team right this second. Um, Unless they lose Austin Meadows and Blake Snell, um, they're going to be good. I'm looking right now just to see what, like, as a team, they've got going on. So, as a team, they have 
41 home runs. They have 157 RBIs, 129 bases, strikeouts 313, which is not terrible, and stolen bases 22. They're hitting as a team average 256, OBP of 336, slugging 437 and a 773 OPS. That's not bad top to bottom. Yeah, but they're, so their offense could be a little bit better is what I gleaned from that. They're the fourth pitching, fourth best offense, basically. Okay, that's that's appropriate. But their runs against are like, it's just over 100 runs in 35 games. Yeah, that's where the real story is here. No, they're outstanding behind the plate right Excuse me, I don't know if I'd say outstanding. They're unexpectedly good behind the plate right now. The one thing that I'm most interested in is I'm looking at some of their advanced stats, and I didn't even think about this. They're seven and two against left-handed pitchers. Wow. Yeah, because David Price got roughed up by him just the other day, and that's usually every time he plays in Tampa, he just like pitches lights out for whatever reason, just that chip on the shoulder, I guess. Huh. But he did that, not the I mean, other did night. He did he get roughed up because he got injured, though? Do you think? Uh, the injury was actually a game after that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, they carry a 2.90 pitching uh, uh, ERA as a staff. That's fucking good. Cool. That's really fucking good. They've got 13 saves. They've got, yeah, they've allowed 31 home runs total and 99 earned runs. That's crazy. But let's, let's contextualize it because you're right. They're really good on May the 7th. Well, right. How do we, how do we feel about their staying power? Because if we want to go down the rest of the AL East, the Yankees are only two back. They're 20 and 14. And I definitely could see the Yankees getting some momentum. Yeah. And I mean, Boston's been picking it up too. They're, they prattled some wins off, Sam. Yeah. Prattled. Can yeah. I add a small caveat to Ted Bay's record? Please. Please. Of all the teams in the MLB, they have played the least number of games against a team over 500. They have five games of their 35 against a team over 500. It makes so, sense given their division. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, it's true. Schedule not really there to support long-term success, but you know it's a small sample. But I mean, even if their pitching staff bumps up a point, I mean that's still a damn good pitching staff. It's still a top ten pitching staff in the MLB. Yeah, I would say. I believe the talent is there, but um, the opponent's talent is not. The tenth, like so, like. ERA list of teams like going down. Number ten is Boston at four sixty six. So you have a spread between two nine zero and four sixty six. Even if they dropped a point in the quarter, they're still pitching in the top half of the, of what's going on. A little less than that, but yeah, pretty damn good. Oh yeah, that's a huge surprise. I didn't see them being um, quite as good as they they are right now. Well, and also to your point, though, I mean, as much as I'm knocking on the division of not being great so far. That division hasn't been great so far overall. No, no there's just a ton of injuries, um, not just with this division, but across all of baseball. I was just looking at the headlines, and like five of the top ten headlines are injuries or surgeries scheduled. It's Carlos Rodon of the White Sox ready for Tommy John's second opinion. Uh, Corey Kluber broke his ulna. Um, AJ Pollock had to go elbow surgery. Matt Shoemaker torn ACL. These are just like, some of the injuries that are going on right now but you know it's it's an interesting start to the season where you've got teams that you expected to be good not doing so well and then you've got just a hell of a lot of injuries like a lot you really do a lot of players being bums i feel like in, in a lot of ways oh because of the injuries are you calling these people bums well i mean just 
not as good as expected, I guess. Just being a bum, that doesn't mean you've, you're always a bum, but you know. 1954. <laughs> that guy's a bum. <laughs> we'll mark that for later. <laughs> so how are you feeling about Boston? Uh, they've been picking it up lately. They've looked a little bit better in the last probably week or so. They're 6-4 of four their last 10, which is kind of starting to turn around. They're starting to hit a little bit more as a team. They went a little bit silent yesterday, but overall, I feel like they're starting to get some groove going. Chris Sale's looking better. It doesn't help that David Price went on the injured list. It's only a 10-day thing. I think it's just some soreness. Hopefully, this isn't another Fortnite injury. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, he got... Stupid injuries, drones, Fortnite. Drones? <laughs> Who had Trevor a drone? Bauer. Do what? Trevor Bauer. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Fucking idiots. Oh my god, yes. Dirt bikes, all of the, the above. He was bad. a dirt bike dude also? No, that was oh, Mad Bum. Yeah. Oh, that's Mad Bum. <laughs> Not to have been heard of. We haven't heard from him in forever. Since that injury, he's been trash. How's he doing in fantasy, Ben? better than the people that I leave on my bench and then they go off like a freaking bottle rocket. Yeah, I hate when that happens. I mashed uh, one of your diamonds dick in last week, by the way. Just as yeah, You sure did. Yeah. I would have killed anybody in the league last week. It just, my team went ballistic. My team sucked. It was yeah. terrible. Yeah. I suffered my first loss. Ah, it's a, it's a shame. I'm glad I picked up my first win, even if it was one year diving. Poor guy. I was looking at his record. He's got seven wins in three years. <laughs> I almost surpassed him this season already. I know. And four of those were last year when the bottom half of the league stopped giving a shit. So, yeah. you know, that's a rough. Woof. Poor Ivan. But, yeah, I'm feeling better about where Boston's at, I feel like. And we'll, we'll see how it keeps going. I feel like I've watched. I've kind of been lulled into. I know this is not baseball-esque but basketball-esque i've watched the celtics be bums all season and like look like they're going to turn a corner and then not and then you know and look like they're going to turn a corner and then not so i just want to see more but i feel like we're off to a pretty good start michael chavis is doing really well so far um dustin pedroy is supposed to be back in soon i don't know what they're going to do with him like what do you even like you got to show the guy the door right i mean pasture pittsburgh whatever but he's bigger than that for Boston. You can't just that it's like it's like Elvis, dude. Like I, I I'm not no. saying I agree with it, but I'm just saying that's how it's gonna be looked at. If you play like Adrian Beltre, you can be Elvis, but not like fucking Pedroia. Mm. You know what I mean? Like not anymore. Uh, yeah. Beltre is the darling of the Rangers, so he played forever, but he was good. And, yeah. You know, Pedroia is the darling of the Red Sox, but he's shit. And it's a business, it's not personal. He'll have a farewell, he'll send him on his way, I think. But that logic does not always this happened last year too, and you're like, "Oh, he's going to come back." Yeah, I can't look. And he's back. Play. He's back right now. Last year. Last I know, year. but he did not get put out to pasture. Is the point? That's what uh, you said would will. happen. He will. That's. He I'm just saying he won't until he's ready. I'm just telling you that. Like, I'm not saying I agree with it, and I want that to happen. I think they should let it go at this point. But really and truly, like, it's just he's one of those guys. I don't know. It sucks, but it is what it is. Mitch Moreland happens to be one of those guys for whatever reason. He. God, People I just love Mitch him. Moreland. Do you really? Yes, we've talked about this. It was one of the first fights we had. Mitch Moreland just is annoying. Sam? Does he, does he have opinions or what? You, you don't like him as a person or as a player? Well, I feel like when he was playing for Texas, 
he was always good at the wrong times. Like anytime they needed him to be productive, he was just a total, to quote J-Mac, a total bum. But when it comes to like, he goes to Boston and is winning freaking gold gloves or whatever. And it's just stupid. Yeah, I can see that. He was definitely um, good at inopportune moments. Like when we're wailing on the Orioles in August, it's like, great. Thanks, dude. It feels like you're a little bitter, though, Ben. I shouldn't have called him names, but his walk-up music is Bro Country, and I even can put up with Elvis Andrews' walk-up music being Baby Shark. But you're not down with the Bro Country thing? Is anyone down with the Bro Country thing? Apparently. Show some self-respect, Justin. It's 2019. I don't like it. What are you looking at me for? <laughs> uh, yeah, if you're railing off... Yeah, you're going to go listen to Dirk's Bentley and Blake Shelton while you eat Chinese food in your F-150. Get out of here. Dude. I don't think I understand. That didn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> nice attempt at a burn, but actually Mexican food would have worked a lot better there. Yeah, because Mexican food works better everywhere, and you're wrong. That's right. Ben is right on this. I'm sorry. But that was the worst me- like metaphor I've ever heard. <laughs> Thank you, Ben Baseball. Always a delight. Uh, what else is going on around baseball here in the standings? Let's see. Minnesota's been mashing the living piss out of the ball in the last like couple of weeks, it feels like. I feel like that's going to die off, though. I feel like this is way too small of a sample size. I think part of it with, with the Twins is part of it is their division is also not great. Um, Cleveland got off to a lot slower of a start than anyone was expecting. But I think that overall, the Twins, we had them in, you know, the number two spot for the AL Central. And they're proven that, hey, when you add 47 players in the offseason, you have some good talent competing for those spots. Yeah, love it. Very true. Houston's actually starting to heat up a little bit. They've been hitting the piss out of the ball, too. They're finally leading the division. And also the Mariners have backed off three and seven of their last ten. Not surprised by that even a little bit. Their pitching is not as good as it should be. No. They just score a lot of runs. But, I mean, they're plus six differentials, so, I mean, yeah, it's been really bad then is what that means. Yeah, they've yeah. scored 207 and they've given up 201. God. Giving up 201 runs, so, that is ball, approaching Baltimore territory. So, yeah, for, for context, Seattle has easily scored the most runs by at least 10, if not more. Uh, excuse me, Seattle scored the most runs at 207. And 201 is the second worst in the majors. Yep, like Sam said, Baltimore. Just totally volatile. Yuck. Um, I really like that Texas is 500 still. Um, we're not going to do anything with this record, but it, it's nice to watch the team be decent. I've watched a fair amount of games. They're actually a lot of fun to watch. I think we talked about this last week. But um, they're just kind of the, the Texas team that we know and love. Their pitching is pretty shitty. And then they just mash the ball. There's been a lot of double-digit wins. It's really nice to see them not be tanking, even though they should be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, I do know what you mean. But I think they that might be a strategic play. They really need to lead up strong to the new the new stadium. You don't want to be total dog shit. Um, you know, they've got the money to throw around when they want to throw it around. And they I think they still have the most international pool money to be thrown around as well. So you could, they could really make a splash. I don't think they want to tank. They but definitely like don't those. want to tank. Yeah. I, so let me ask you this, though. So in the the world of tanking that we live in in all sports, right? I'm really fascinated to know what both of you think on this. Is it 
So, like, obviously you have your hot prospects in baseball, but more times than not, they kind of come out of nowhere, right? And I think that's even more so true in baseball just because you have so many more players. So is tanking even worth it in baseball in that case? As It's definitely not as much, I wouldn't think. I, I think not. I think not in baseball because of what you just said. There are too many players that are good and they come out of nowhere. Um, I, and the draft means the least in baseball uh, compared to any other sport. So, like, what are you really getting out of tanking except less money? Um, well, that's, that's, so that's the thing is you need to redefine tanking because it's not about intentionally losing games. It's about because the draft position, it matters, but it doesn't matter nearly as much. It's about shedding cap room. And what inevitably happens is you're trying – teams who end up quote-unquote tanking they're just getting rid of good players and hoping that their prospects are homegrown talent, some international signings that they're going to pay off. So it looks like tanking, but it's not like we're throwing our hats in. We're trying to make more money to make us better. It may have us be bad for a year or two. So I, I just think it's a different context around what is tanking. Yeah, that makes sense. I think there's a, uh... Uh, the definitely left less incentive there, and I think there's a uh, there's like this inherent like I don't, because you have so many more options. You, it's not just a basic free agency and ba- basic draft. You have international signing money, for example, and like all those like and the complex trades that end up like the fact that you can trade somebody for a player to be named later is just crazy. Like it makes sense, but like it also doesn't really make sense. It's just a wild system overall. That's how I give birthday gifts. It's a present to be named later. <laughs> I know what I'm that's how, that's how I'm planning on tackling Mother's Day, actually. <laughs> Topical. It's this weekend for those listeners. They're Dang. listening this week. <laughs> um, but I think there's like this. I just don't think it's as pre- prevalent. And I'm glad to see the Rangers not just embracing that for no reason. I think that's awesome. No, I think you're right. And. And it makes the division better. It helps, you're right, get people, you know, hey, you have now almost three teams with a winning record, which at least this year in the American League is an anomaly. And also, like, kind of to what you said earlier, Ben, like, you had mentioned that they're trying to shed payroll and stuff, which does make sense. The problem becomes that they're not giving that money back to players, and that's a whole other thing that we'll, we'll get into another day about contracts and all that. But, I mean, that's why people have been pissed off at, like, San Diego and stuff like that for so long is because they've been just shedding cap space or quote-unquote cap space, just money and general payroll, but not really ever doing anything with it. And that's a shitty thing until they came up on Manny Machado. So uh, I think there's a lot of those pressures there. But regardless, I, I think that plays into this too, I would think. Cool. So you all ready to take things to the National League? Mm-hmm. Here we go. In the NL East, we have the Phillies at 19 and 15. Second place, the Atlanta Braves, 18 and 17. The New York Mets at 16 and 19. Sorry, Jimmy. Washington is at 14 and 20. And Miami at 10 and 24. I'd just like to point out that we've done this whole thing so far without us listing off the standings. And then you just read that one division for some random reason, which is hilarious and completely random. what I do. Love it. He's Perfect. A machine, everybody. A he is machine. a machine. Uh, I'd like to point out that Philadelphia is second in the category of playing teams 
uh, at 500 or below or above. They've only played seven games uh, against teams with uh, a record above. So let's pause then. Who has played or who has the best record? Who is the best record against teams with winning records? I guess. What's the inverse? Yeah. Um, Arizona's played 29 games against 500 or better, and they're in second. The Cubs, similar, 26 games um, at 500 or better. And yeah, those are the two that stand out to me. Okay. So they're both in second. So, yeah. you know, it'll come out in the wash later if everything holds constant. It feels to me like every time I've seen a Philly game, it's been incredibly terrible. Like Bryce Harper has been fine, but also not great either. He, he literally just hit a grand slam. Oh, of course. Well, I just <laughs> wished it into wished it into existence a little bit. But you know what I mean. It just seems like he's been a little bit underwhelming. I don't know what the expectation is when you sign a thirteen year contract, though. Yeah, but this is what he's done every year. I, I agree with everything you're saying. Like. Uh, he's not been amazing, um, but he's, he does this every year. He has a super, super hot April, and then he cools down significantly and like builds back up to like mid-season form and is like just really good. The rest of the he just likes taking a few weeks around Memorial Day off. Who could blame the guy? He's yeah, he's a youngin. I mean, as of right now, he's not even in the top fifty in in batting average in the league. That's crazy. Yeah, he's a counting stats guy. When was the last time he finished the season over 300? You know, he, he just yeah. hits a lot of home runs. He does. He gets on base a lot, but he's not even, it doesn't even look like he's in the top 50 for that either. No, not yet. That'd be a fun game where we name players and try to say if they have more, or excuse me, if they have a higher or lower batting average than Bryce Harper. Oh, Ooh. man. We could play that game right now if we wanted to. I'm in. I'm in. We'll have that for next episode. How about that? That'll you all ready to go to the NL Central? Any other thoughts on the East? Um, Not really. Cool. Well, if you want to talk about divisions with winning records, let's look at the NL Central, where only the Cincinnati Reds have the worst record or have a losing record. Yeah, that this division's surprisingly competitive, I feel like. And even this, the Reds aren't that far behind. Now, yeah, the Reds that, are a third-place team in most American League divisions. True. Now that Matt Kim's gone, I guess they're really screwed. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and the and the bees are out. Yeah. <laughs> the, with the, the bees as well. Yeah, they're screwed, man. Oh, I'm also I, Milwaukee isn't doing better. They've, there's just so many headlines about them doing really well, and maybe it's just because of Yelich, but um, they're in third. I would expect them to be a little bit higher. Their pitching is really not great. They've given up 185 runs and only scored 177, so that's not oh, awesome. Cool. There you go. Yeah, I think with Milwaukee, too, I guess last year this division was really competitive as well with St. Louis, Chicago, and Milwaukee. The real surprise is that Pittsburgh's still kind of hanging at 16 and 15. I don't hate that. I think that's... But, like, they seem to do that same thing every year, though. That same exact thing where they just sort of hang around there but never really make it over the the hump. Like, Chris Archer is a great example of just someone that just doesn't really... Injured. Yeah, I, I know. He saw my damn DL. Uh, What do we got in the West, Ben? In the West, the Dodgers, first place, 23-14. and 14, Arizona in second. San Diego is still holding on to a winning record. I'm just as surprised as y'all are. They're 20-16. and 16. Uh, the Rockies at 16 and 19, 
and our favorite San Francisco Giants, the San Francisco treat, more like San Francisco turd, 15 and 20. Did you say San Diego? San Diego has a winning record at 20 and 16. Gotcha. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, is that Machado? How much? I'm having a hard time understanding where your your hesitation is here. Hmm. I just expect them to be so much better. They threw so much money at that team. I guess they've got Chris Paddock and Joey Lucchese there. Lucchese's actually not doing that well, but Chris Paddock has been their ace so far. I guess I just expected more. They do have a lot of dollars on that team between Hosmer and Machado. It I'm deep in thoughts, and I'm not, you know, none of that's coming out of my mouth right now. I'm sorry. No worries. Bring that. Bring it back. We'll talk about it later. Sure. I feel like uh, we got to start watching this division a little bit closer, considering we're going to Colorado in like two months for this outfielder trip. But damn it, it's so hard to watch West Coast games. God, I know. You're so right. You just have to catch the ones during the day or on Sunday Night Baseball or whatever. For sure. A 10 o'clock start for me is untenable. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Unless it's 10 a.m., in which case it's a wonderful late breakfast. Hey, oh, Indeed. Man, let's do that. Sam, you weren't quite on the show yet, but there was a time whenever Ben and I, it was like episode 10 or something like that, where we recorded at like 7 a.m. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about not on our A game. <laughs> I'm not saying it's the worst episode of The Outfielder, but it's definitely top five. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, definitely gosh. up there. So sorry. Like we're both drinking coffee and asking each other to repeat themselves. <laughs> While we were, and like this was before we had like, like, like laptops and stuff where we were looking up stats and stuff so it was really just like one-on-one looking at each other and we still couldn't couldn't put thoughts together it was just that early it was rough you know i don't i don't think i'd be opposed to like a 10 a.m on a saturday or something but that's, yeah you know, we could do i could definitely do that i just need a little bit to get up i literally like rolled out of bed walked to the studio and like you know fired up the computer got some coffee and we started you know when we go to colorado we should do a morning episode and just like see how it goes oh we'll do a live on the air episode yeah oh you could do some there's some really shitty like takes that could come out of your mouth oh man absolutely yes especially (laughs) after a night of doing some drinking and whatnot that'll be fun yeah i feel like we're gonna have all kinds of fun content come out of that that trip it's gonna be a good trip first weekend in august the outfielder goes to colorado yes cannot wait Cannot wait. So definitely make sure if you like what you're hearing, check us out at sensiblyloud.com. Plus, we are all over your social medias. That's right. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and of course, the good old Twitter. Check out our other shows. We have Between the Hashes, your basketball podcast for all your playoff basketball needs. Of course, there's Just Peachy, which is Just Peachy in my book, and our flagship show, Sensibly Loud Radio. Thanks, y'all. We want to thank everyone for tuning in for episode 65 of the Outfielder Podcast. We'd like to thank all of our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with a sharp eye to keep the runners close. Grounds crew, please keep patrolling that outfield. Big ups to Kevin Towers. Don't text and drive, and we'll see you right back here next time on the Outfielder Podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah,